Guys, so what is going on? Welcome back to another IG Live. I do apologize for a little bit of the late delay and everything. Of course, if you guys are listening to me in podcasts, do not even worry. If you're watching me on, uh, what is it, YouTube, do not even worry. It's all good. But for those of you who are waiting for me over the last 14 minutes, basically, there's a little bit of an update happening. I'm not going to have the speaker today, okay? I thought it would be okay, but if you guys do have an iPhone, you realize that uh, a little bit of a new update has come out, and there's a new update in regards to the Sonoma version. Uh, it, I don't know, the Mac, the new Mac iOS version and stuff like that. So I got to update it right after this. Don't know if it's going to work. Let's see. But nonetheless, Pond is one of my students. What's going on, Pond? Enjoy the exhibition over there at Ikea Bangna today. Is it Ikea Mega Bangna? Bytech Bangna. There we go. Enjoy that. All right. But nonetheless, for all of you out there, Today is a speaking a question three. Okay, so let's dive into this. What I want to discuss today is just like you guys saw in the title, it's all about taking notes with intent. All right. And so what I mean by this is that we normally get overwhelmed. All right. We normally get overwhelmed with the amount of information that we get, especially in speaking question three. We're unaware of what to write and stuff like that. But over the past, let's say week, two weeks, with some of my students who are getting like 25 and speaking on the practice test on the ETS website, I tell them that you don't have to write everything, okay? You just do not have to write everything. All you have to do is just make sure that you write enough that it makes sense for you and you're able to break it down, all right? You're able to at least establish that coherence because what ends up happening, especially in this very difficult one that I have for you today. Now, for those of you who are watching me or listening to me on podcasts and watching me on YouTube, it's going to be very easy for you to listen to this. However, for those of you who are going to be joining me on live, it's going to be way difficult because I do not have the speaker today because it just was not connected to the old version of my Mac OS. Got to update the Mac OS. So everything's all good after that. So Nonetheless, huh, let's dive into this. So here we go. I got a psychology one. Now, remember, I told you guys that I was going to be focusing on psychology and biology. Biology is going to be coming up later on this week. I believe it's going to be uh, either Wednesday America time or it's going to be Thursday America time. OK, so I will be jumping into that coming up shortly. But nonetheless, Today is like uh, is a psychology one, okay? So Marley, oh my God, we have a long ways to go. Like I said, it's gonna be a journey with you, all right? We're gonna be discussing this in probably about one day's time, all right? But nonetheless, I was actually, for all of you who are listening, just to bring some context with Marley, I told, I had told Marley and along with about three other students that, again, you do not have to write everything. Okay, you only have to write enough so that you could look at what you had written down so that you could carry it all the way through to that one minute mark. All right. Now, step number one, reading 50 seconds, right? You got a paragraph. Arsenio, do I have to paraphrase? You could a little bit, just a little bit, probably about 10, 20 percent. Remember, just to let you guys know, you're not being graded on your content. You're being graded on how you say your content. OK, so if you are the king of bullshitting, you are going to get a 24 plus in your speaking any way it goes. Got it. So what I'm looking at here, I always know 
my structure in regards to the TOEFL speaking. So if we look at this, the reading is about, and this is the topic for today, voluntary response bias, comma, which is, see, that's the structure. So going back to you, Marley, the more you practice this and practice it and practice it and practice it, the structure is going to stick there. It's like a habit, right? A lot of people like to give up on the messy middle. The messy middle is just right before that habit ends up becoming who you are, a characteristic, your overall personality. This is when it becomes so hard and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. A great metaphor is the gym. See, starting off, you're always on fire. And we already know that New Year's is going to be coming up and everything. And we already know how a lot of people are going to be like, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Not in their schedule. They get a couple of, oh, of course, it's not in their schedule, but they end up buying a lot of, of this expensive apparel. And they're like, yeah, I'm sexy. I'm going to be re- I'm going to be working out and all this other stuff. And the next, you know, probably within about a week, they give up. See, in order for a habit to stick, it takes about two weeks. See, a one week in, we're talking January 7th, January 8th. This is when you see a massive drop off in the amount of people who are looking to resolve things in their life. And then everything just goes right out the window and they can't do anything. They just say, oh, I'm going to give up. So if you look at this structure and you keep practicing that structure and going back to this, the reading is about, mm, which is mm, define it, description, explanation, and then you move on. The more you practice that over and over and over, the more it's going to stick. And it takes about two weeks. So you got to already, for everyone out there who are listening, uh, who are watching me on YouTube, who are listening to me in podcasts and watching my video on IG, you got to practice that same structure over and over and over. For all my dental students out there, hey, it takes a habit, right? This is why you have to go through about two to four years of dental school, four years if you're out there in America. You have your first year, second year, third year, fourth year. How long do you have to practice on patients for? A very long time. See, and you have to practice it over and over and over until it sticks. So now it's automatic when you do impressions or when you have your dental assistants do impressions. It's automatic when you do composites. It's automatic when you pack cord. Although in America, a lot of the assistants have a tendency of packing cord instead of the dentist. It's very easy for you to make crowns and to do root canals if you're an endodontist. You see what I mean? So the more you practice it, the more it sticks. It becomes automatic. That's what you have to do in regards to your speaking structures, questions, what? One, two, three, four. In order for it to be automatic, you're going to have to practice it over and over and over and over again. Does that make sense, people? So me, I already know I ain't going to switch up this. I'm not going to switch up this structure. I'm not going to say, oh, voluntary response bias is when I don't know because I already got my structure. The reading is about voluntary response bias, which is the reading is about mm, which is the reading is about mm, which is. And then Arsenio, what about the transition? Figure out what the structure is. The professor gives an example of because it's psychology. He's going to give an example of something. And then that's how I'm going to do it. The professor gives an example of, the professor gives an example of, the professor gives an example of, and it's up to me to add in a couple of linkers and write down things accordingly so that I don't confuse the fuck out of myself. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So with that being said, if I look at voluntary response bias, you guys are watching this on YouTube. For those of you who are watching me on IG, if you want the video, let me know. I'm going to make a a public view only uh, link on my Canva. I'll send it right to you. All right. So with that being said, 
if I look at this and I put this right down in here on this video, in survey, I'm going to read this out for you. In survey sampling, bias refers to a tendency of a sample statistic to systematically overestimate or underestimate a population parameter. Those are some big words. Now, benefit number one, if you include a few of those words, hey, that means your vocabulary development is going to be fantastic. Development and diversity. Woo but if you don't know how to say it, if you don't know how to enunciate those words, don't write it down. Now, another point, these are some big ass words. Therefore, this is the academic way of saying it. There's going to be an academic way and a simplistic way. So if I continue reading, voluntary response bias occurs when sample members are self-selected volunteers, participants who have voluntarily chosen to participate as part of the sample group. There it is. Now, if I continue scanning through that a little bit more, participants in a voluntary response sample, usually the survey deals with. This gives rise to significantly biased results. <gasps> there it is, biased results. Voluntary response bias equals biased results. I'm going to take that and I'm going to go back to that very easy way of understanding. Sample members are self-selected, leading to very biased results. Ding, 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 ding. See how easy that is? So I'm going to take the very simplistic way of understanding it, and I'm looking for the end result. So what the fuck is voluntary uh, you know, response bias? What am I trying to get from it? Well, voluntary response bias is when members are self-selected, and this ultimately leads to biased results. That's all I got to say. That's all I have to say. By looking at this paragraph, if you guys are going to be watching me in the view only link or whatever it may be, this is exactly what we are looking for. A really straight to the point definition. That's all we need. So if I were to write this down so that everyone can see this, the reading, remember my structure, the reading is about voluntary response bias, which is when members, let's see, of uh, uh what is it oh here we go members of a statistic are self-selected and this ultimately leads to biased results if i were to grab my timer very quickly and go straight over to tiny stop watch and I bring that up right there on my screen and I say this with the coherence and everything needed it would sound like this, three, two, one. The reading is about voluntary response bias, which is when members of a statistic are self-selected and this ultimately leads to bias results. Nine seconds. Now, I'm speaking at a consistent rate. I'm not trying to speed it up. I'm speaking consistently that, and so that it makes a lot of sense for everyone else out there. Does that make sense? So with that, well, no, I'm, I'm sorry, not make sense for everyone, but the AI software is picking up every single word that I'm saying. Every single word that I'm saying, that AI software is picking up. That's exactly what the goal is, okay? So enunciating the word and making sure you open your goddamn mouth is going to be very important because a lot of people have a tendency of not opening their mouth. <laughs> and then next thing you know, the vowels are down. Because why, why, teacher? Because you sound a little European. 
No offense to my Europeans that listen to me, especially in podcasts. Many of you listen to me out there in Europe. Thank you very much. But you guys have a tendency of speaking like this. Voluntary responsibility is, is where the members of statistic are self-selected, and this ultimately leads to various results. Do not speak from your motherfucking chest. You are not British. You are not British. Okay, I need you to enunciate it like an American. Just be an American for three minutes and 45 seconds. That's your entire speaking quest, your, your entire speaking test. Okay, I'm not telling you to be someone you're not. I'm telling you to technically be someone you're not for only three minutes and 45 seconds. Enunciate those words. All right, you guys already know my transition. The professor... It gives an example of, now here we go. This is going to be the tough part. Now, remember, I told you guys on the live that I do not have my speaker. I have not updated my MacBook just yet. Okay, it's going to take a little bit longer. What's going on, Benedict? Benedict is from France. I'm glad you did not just hear my comment in regards to European speaker from the chess. But nonetheless, Benedict, it's so good to hear you. By the way, Benedict, if you want to get the entire video, because I've, I've already been speaking for about 12 minutes, Message me, say, hey, I want that view only link. Can I have the view only link? This is going to be the link that I'm going to post so that everyone can watch the entire video and you can listen to the audio clearly. I do not know if you're going to be able to hear this clearly just because, well, you know, it's, it's going to be coming out of my MacBook and my MacBook is probably about eight to 10 inches away. Sorry, I still go by inches when it comes to measuring length. Anywho, well, small length, rule stick. Anything else, I do meters. Anyways, guys, let's dive into this bad boy. So the reason why I chose this one is because it's hard as hell. Hard as hell, okay? Because this guy's going to speak a lot of what the fuck at the beginning. And because he speaks so much what the fuck at the beginning, you're going to say to yourself, what the fuck? <laughs> but the problem is that is when we fall into traps and we start taking a lot of notes, unnecessary notes that don't mean shit. That don't mean a goddamn thing. And then that's how we end up looking at our notes. And after a perfect opening introduction and a wonderful transition, we go into our notes and there's a lot of stopping and there's a lot of eye rolling. There's a lot of what the hell did I write? It's because you believe that you have to write down as many notes as possible rather than writing down notes with intent, which is the title of this podcast, this live, whatever it is today. Got it? So. Let's dive in. Again, you guys may not hear this on the live. I will have the view only link so you can break it down and you're going to be able to see my notes and everything else. So here we go. My transition. The professor gives an example of, by the way, Benedict, are you, you're in France. Oh my God. It's like 1am out there. Holy shit. I think, I don't know. It's like 12am, 1am, maybe even 2am. I don't know. Oh, that is dedication. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Thank you so much for being here. Marley, you better speak. Okay, anyways, Marley, you just sit back. Don't worry. All right, so here we go. Let's dive into this. And to be honest with you, man, let me just hurry up and make sure I'm sharing the sound because, oh, see, I told you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, so here we go. This is what I'm going to do, people. I'm sharing it. It's going to be looking good. I'm going to take some notes. But the big thing here is going to be what to take notes on. It's all about the intent, right? So here we go. Three, two, one. When a researcher asks people to voluntarily participate in a survey, the resulting sample, the people participating in the survey is inherently biased. That's because the sample only includes those individuals who volunteered, who chose to participate. 
Calls for volunteers tend to oversample people who feel strongly one way or another about the whatever the survey is asking. And if you oversample people with an interest in the subject, you naturally undersample people who don't care much about it. So you can see why inferences from a voluntary response sample are not trustworthy. Here's a great example. Whoa, there it is. We are almost halfway. Here's a great example. To be honest with you, first and foremost, Benedict, it's what yeah, it is what 30 a.m. Like I, I was reading it, I started laughing. I was like, oh my God, that is dedication. Okay, so here we go. If you could take away anything from this, Benedict, it being 1.30 a.m. out there, everything that he just said, we're almost halfway through. You're going to see it in the video. We're almost halfway through. And this guy literally said nothing. He basically said everything that was in the reading. Do I have to take down any of that? No. To be honest with you, if you guys are watching me on YouTube or, you're, or you end up watching this video later on, all I wrote down, just in case, just for a fuck, <laughs> was oversampling and if you do this naturally you're going to undersample others who don't care but how am i going to put that after the transition the professor gives an example of how oversampling naturally undersamples others who don't care it's going to make it a little difficult right are you going to be focusing on that little bit so that you could create it because the next thing you know he sends here's a perfect example that's what i'm waiting for that's actually what I'm waiting for is here's a perfect example. And then what ultimately ends up happening is we get totally lost in all those notes. We have a bunch of notes on our paper. We'd be like, how am I supposed to put this all together? This doesn't even make sense. So now is the next part. So let's dive into this part. Say a school, a university, asked students to rate their campus cafeteria online via an online survey. A score of one means the worst. A score of 10 is the best. You get the idea. Say this university sends out an email to every student, you know, radar cafeteria. Most students will ignore the survey. Only a small number of students will actually go online and complete it. What would you expect to see? The scores will likely be either extremely positive or extremely negative. But let's say the university changes how it elicits feedback. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. What did I write down? Now, I wrote down a lot for those of you watching. Okay, I'm just trying to put some emphasis, right? The professor gives an example of a school, a university, that asks students to, or I actually wrote down, rate campus cafe online. I would say... A school, a university that asks students to rate their campus cafeteria online on a scale of one to 10. So they send out an email, but most students ignore the email and only a small number of them actually go online. The results would end up being either very positive or very negative. And then I press pause. Now look at my exact notes. I'm going to say them for all of you who are actually on the IG live. A school, comma, university, comma, rate campus cafe online. On a scale, one to 10. Sends out email. Most students ignore. Only small number, number as in the sign, go online. 
the results either very positive or very negative. That's all I wrote. Now I'm going to rely on my language to put it all together. Now, that is example number one. So going back to all that bullshit I wrote about the oversampling, if you do this naturally, undersample others who don't care, I don't fucking need to write that. I'm going to delete that. And you guys see that here on YouTube or wherever else. Now it's the second part. And what I'm going to do in my mind, I'm going to have that however ready to go. Okay? And that because he gives an example of how a university could get not get voluntary response bias, like, you know, the people who actually want to fill out the survey. And so here we go. I'm going to press play and I'm going to go through the rest of this. Let's say the university changes how it elicits feedback. In this scenario, the school asks the cafeteria manager to give students a paper-based survey at the entrance of the cafeteria. As soon as the student walks into the cafeteria, they get presented with an anonymous survey asking them to rate the food and so on. This way gets a response from a wide sample of people who actually eat at the cafeteria, not just those with strong opinions one way or the other. Boom. You know what? I The, the only thing I wrote, and let me, let me just break this down for you. The only thing I wrote. However, uni changes in school ask manager to give paper-based survey. This way, wide sample of people who actually eat, not just strong opinions. There it is. So if I were to go from the example, the professor giving an example to the bottom, it would sound like this. The professor gives an example of a school, a university which asks students to rate their campus cafeteria online on a scale of one to 10. So the school ends up sending out an email to, but the thing is most students actually ignore it and only a small number of them actually go online. The results end up being just very positive or very negative. However, if the university changes this and asks the school's manager to give a paper-based survey at the entrance of the cafeteria, this way, they would end up getting a wide sample of people to do the survey, people who actually eat at the cafeteria, and not just people online who give strong opinions of this. This is the example that the professor gives in regards to voluntary response bias. So, do you see how what I had written down and how I break everything down? Could that have been a, very, a little bit faster? Potentially. Could I have finished probably around the 42-second mark? Yes. 45 second mark, probably, probably around the 50%, you know, I'm sorry, not the 50%, 52nd mark. So my goal is going to be to stretch out that conclusion and say, this is the example that the professor had given in regards to given, I don't know, presented research in regards to voluntary response bias and making sure that the university gets a wide range sample rather than people who just go online. Depending on how much time I have at the end, Depends on how much I'm going to have to stretch that answer at the end. If I were to pick it up and go all the way through and go with that rhythm and emphasize my words and the enunciation and everything, that would be almost a perfect score. Because even if you stumble here or there's a little pause here or there, it's not going to kill you. It's all about your conviction and making sure you carry everything all, everything all the way through. So coming back to this. It's all about writing notes with intent. The professor gives an example, a school, a university, rate campus cafe online. 
everything that you see here on that video and then going through with the however to make sure that everything is free flowing all the way back through and then topping it off with the conclusion. Notes with intent. It's not about quantity, people. It's about quality. Got it? It's about quality over quantity. If you write a bunch of notes and you don't know, you got a bunch of words on paper, more often than not, you're going to throw everything right out the window. However, if you switch that up and you make it a little bit better, and then you write notes, okay, let me write this. Okay, this is better. Those are big words. I'm not going to write that down. That's going to throw me off a little bit. Let me just make sure I stay right here on track. That's how it goes down. So with that being said, people, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you guys are listening to this, obviously live, got another little Black Friday thing that's going to be popping up here. If you're listening to this on podcast, I think Black Friday will be done by then because I'm going to be uploading this a week after and stuff like that. So nonetheless, man, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone live who is tuned in. Okay. Benedict, Marley, Pawn. Thank you so much for those of you who watch after. If you guys got any questions about my courses and my coaching, you make sure you reach out to me. And for those of you who are actually tuned in here on YouTube, thank you so much. Nice little background I got going for you. Had to turn the lights off because it was a little bit crazy on the last live. But nonetheless, man, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for tuning in. And if you guys got any questions, I'll be here. I'm your host as always. See you in the live later on this week. Over and out.